Welcome to Vox Vomitus, also known as Word Vomit. And welcome to the latest episode of Vox Vomitus. I am your host, Jennifer Ann Gordon, the author of Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, Pretty Ugly, as well as the Japanese Vox and other stories. Joining me today, as always, is my Vox Vomitus vixen, Allison Martine, author of The Bourbon Books, which includes dibs since September, Move on Melinda, and Climb the Salmon Ladder. Joining us today is the one, the only, the amazing Amina Akhtar, author of Almost Surely Dead, which I just finished this morning. <laughs> I oh my God. For like days. I'm like, have you finished reading? Because I finished it like last Friday, I think. And I'm like, Jennifer, she's like, I'm, I'm reading it. I'm like, Jennifer? Jennifer? I'm like, nope, right under, right under the wire. Like, I'm like, it reads fast. It reads so, fast. You know. It reads fast. But you still um, actually have to open the book. You have to open the book. Um, Amina, thank you for being here. Uh, tell our viewers thank you for having me. a little bit about yourself, your dog, and of course, a little bit about um, I have a dog. She's up there. She's also <laughs> taking a nap right now, literally next to me. I'm glad you said she's taking yeah. a nap because earlier she looked kind of dead. She's not dead. She's not dead. Yeah. She's just 13 and like, it was like, leave me alone, I'm sleeping. Um, I live out near Sedona, Arizona on a mountain with my father. And lots of hijinks ensue out here. Um, lots of wild animals. So if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see my javelinas, which are these wild pigs that have decided that they're obsessed with the javelinas. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I li- Listen, they literally walk up to me and they're like, hi. And I'm just like, because they're not nice. They're not supposed no, to be nice. No, aren't they scared? And they're nice to me because I don't chase them off. You know, yeah. so I'm kind of like, sure, it's your land too. Whatever. Come on, hang out. Have some water. So <laughs> um, I later, but um, see, yeah. when you label them as javelinas, I'm like, that tells me where you are because in my head, they're peccaries because I studied them down in Brazil and it's the same, oh. thing, but they have a different name here. And I'm like, so is it white? Yeah. And I'm sure yours are not like it's radio javelinas. and all that. They're like, no, we don't want that. We would <laughs> no, like no. I don't know. I just know they're javelinas and they have babies and they bring them to our patio. And I'm always just like, oh my God, come here, little ones. I yeah, want like, to this pet one will come in the house. But I don't, I try to say, I tried away from them though and not trying to pet them because that's yeah. how you die. Um, and before this, I lived in New York for a couple decades and worked in the fashion industry. You know, every fashion magazine you've ever picked up, I have probably worked there. <laughs> Um, and I do not anymore, and I no longer wear high heels, so it's awesome. Yes, yes. I hate high heels, so good. Even yeah. though I'm short, I need them I'm, to be like normal size. I'm like five one, but like, and I have some really great shoes still that I'm like holding on to for my niece when she gets older. And like, mm-hmm. listen, she better be my shoe size. But <laughs> I tried putting on these like studded Valentino ankle boots and promptly fell right over because I can wow. no longer wear yeah. them. I yeah, so, I think like, you get to a point where we, when you the second you stop wearing heels, then you can never go it's back. Done. Your foot's like, like I once, you put, once you put a Birkenstock on, it's all over, guys. Yeah. All over. I know. Like immediately, it's just like your feet flatten out. You just want to wear like shoe yeah. boxes on each foot. And Dude, just like I've been wearing yeah. the house shoes that I got from Daiso that are the foamy, and I just shuffle around the house in them. I'm going, why would oh, I? Yeah, I felt I felt like the Skecher foamy ones for like running errands because I'm nice. like, yeah, these are great. Yeah. Like, just shuffle, shuffle. Did you have to wear? You had to wear real fancy shoes when you did your book launch, though, didn't you? I just wear boots. I got boots with like a little stocky small heel. Yeah. Um, 
I, you know, I have long COVID. So I, I, when I was in New York to get around, I was using a cane to help me. And I just was like, there's no way I can wear high heels in a cane. Like, it's no. just, I'm just going to fall over yeah. and it's going to be a bad scene. Let's not do that. So I got these cute little Vince Camuto boots that were like, literally like the tiniest little heel, like blocky mm -hmm. heel. So it's not terrible. I would like the cane just to hit people with, and I don't think that's the proper use of the cane. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, you're like, well, depends. <laughs> I'm coming. It's useful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's how you're supposed to be using it. But I mean, it sounds like it would be still fun for a book launch and you can reach high things and poke it down. Seriously. <laughs> but now, okay. So you launched the book and now we want to talk about almost surely dead. And we were really hoping that the podcasters involved were not based on us. Jennifer says it's not true. They were not. But not you guys. A little nervous. Just clarifying. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, I just podcasters know. in it. Like, and then you read them and went. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh they're terrible. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. I, you know, they were, I like to have humor in the book and like make, and like kind of satire and poke fun. And that's what they were for. I'm not against true crime podcasts, but I do think that there are some that blur the line as to why they're like, is it entertainment? to them is yeah. it you know and it's like, advertising revenue it's it's like, so i love true crime podcasts but then at like but yeah it, there's they can be problematic i don't want to like name. there there is an ick factor on some of them that you're yeah, just, just like, like oh i feel kind of dirty you find yourself laughing and then you're like oh i shouldn't have been laughing that they're real people involved there are real yeah. and you know but there are there are true crime podcasters like robbie Audrey and Catherine townsend who really are trying to you know these solve cases they really make yeah. a difference and that help families and then there are some who you know just want a netflix deal and you know whatever <laughs> works for you exactly and to hawk their own products and merchandise. And I know Jen and I have talked exactly. about our own merch, but we aren't a true crime podcast. So it wouldn't be quite as gross as like, hey, yeah, we are talking about someone who's missing and possibly dead. Get our merch. <laughs> and then using her name as a promo code. And using her name as a promo code. Every time okay. it was like, yeah. Do you were saying gosh. your name correctly? Because you're like, I'm gonna like ominous, which I love because I'll remember yeah. that. But I love that they kept getting Dunya's name wrong. They're like, yeah. yeah, so it was it was this joke that just made me laugh so hard. I think that's the only reason I chose the name for her. Um, besides the fact that when you're doing like Pakistani names, you have to make sure that they are easy to pronounce for the American audience, right? So I'm not gonna do some really complicated because people are going to just shut away walk away right so i was like okay Junya, and then like dunya actually does mean cilantro and it just <laughs> I, I put it in so much that my editor was laughing but she was like okay we get the joke it's enough you can calm down and i was like okay i just thought it was funny <laughs> but I, um <laughs> like in the extended version there's ninety thousand <laughs> cilantro well, and it's like the thing that we had when we were learning some of the accents and how accents make a difference in spanish because in you know english yeah. not really so much that papa is a potato papa is your father so don't call your father a potato like you don't call yeah. your character cilantro it's just rude. unless she really likes cilantro in which case I more do. power to her i really do i wouldn't mind <laughs> i love it it made me hungry i heard you guys don't have the weird soap gene then yeah, that's no, good I don't. I don't i'm good with that but but i mean you don't i wouldn't name like a child that my kids are great <laughs> i just gave them names of i don't know some people name them sage what else is My it? Kid has a kid parsley? Is it parsley? It's like parsley a name. <laughs> parsley, I don't know, but sage is, poppy sage is. is yeah. sage. Poppy. Um, you know. It's These are names my husband's like, no, you can't do that to our children. I'm like, but I like it. You're like, what about 
Dunya. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> are you? You don't know. You won't know. It all sounds so exotic. Like, no matter how much card captors I watched, I was not allowed to name a kid Sakura because that's not even how you pronounce Sakura. But I mean, I liked the show and it was a cartoon and I liked it. <laughs> and again, they're like, no, you can't sure. name a kid. Not allowed. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And then you named your characters things that are much easier for boring white people like Liz. We got that one. <laughs> And Liz, Liz Small, who uh, is actually um, fashioned after Liz Little, the author, but the antithesis of Liz Little, because Liz Little is actually really awesome. Uh, she's not online much, but she's brilliant. But I was like, Liz I'm going to name this character after you, but she's going to be your bizarro world version of you. Okay. So it's a little mustache. Yeah, like the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I, I definitely agonize, like I'm working on my next book and I'm trying, and it's more set in, in, in a Pakistani community. So I have to have all these names, but I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my God, they have to be so easy for people to say, because otherwise I'm going to lose readers. So it is definitely something I kind of um, agonize over. Which is just the names in general. Just the names. Like, yeah. <laughs> just making sure that they... Like, but I, but it's ones that are like, are they sort of phonetic, or am I going to give up halfway through? Because yeah, that's me and most Welsh names. Even though my middle kid does have a Welsh name, yeah, like ones where I'm like, how did we get from this to? I don't, I don't understand. There's like an S yeah. here. I mean anything. Yeah. There needs to be a little pronunciation guy with some of the yes. names, and that's fine. We can do that. Yeah, that would be great. We can figure that out. We can figure that out. So the names in Almost Surely Dead, besides the cilantro joke, mm-hmm. I mean they were easy accessible tell us a little bit because i love that it's almost surely dead a thriller but there are so many other aspects besides just being a lot going on there's a lot going on (laughs) all the boxes on the categories whichever one i'm doing best in you know i I was like missing woman supernatural i I feel like i always kind of straddle the line between thriller and horror you know i'm kind of a genre blender um, you know, I had Talking Ravens in the last book. And then, you know, in this one, it's like, so it's this woman named Dunya who almost gets pushed in front of the subway. That's the first chapter. It is literally not a spoiler. She does not die. But the guy who tries to kill her, he ends up killing himself by jumping in front of the train. And she's just like, what just happened? What? And she's like, this totally normal, not a fashion person because, you know, I just had like fashiony things in there. So she's a pharmacist, you know, just boring life, average woman trying to get to work and get home and as she's trying to figure this out like why did this man want to kill me other people keep trying to kill her and she doesn't understand what she what's happening and then it's sort of told it's told in three stories so there's her and, and she's going through and her mom has just died you know as a backstory and she just broke up with her fiance so she's really at this at loose ends you know in all parts of her life um, and then there's the podcast, which is set about a year and a half in the future. And from that, we learn she's disappeared. So we have different timelines. Um, and so there's as we're reading, Dunia, there's another one. Another one. Like, oh, we'll get there. there so we're, we're, as we're reading Dunia's timeline, we're trying to figure out what led to her disappearing. So we know she's disappeared. And then the third timeline is her when she's five years old. And Love that's it. the year... <laughs> that a lot of interesting things happened in her family, including her father dying. And it she didn't realize how much it impacted her. And it was also why she was estranged from her family and her culture. And so this was sort of like, okay, these are the th- things that actually really happened to her, um, even if she didn't think it was a big deal at the time, uh, minus the dad dying. So it's really, it's, it's all sorts of things. <laughs> she, she thought that that was a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she's she stopped 
being stalked and possibly trying to be killed and she may or may not be haunted and like actually haunted by a jinn which is you know a, an entity in you know muslim cult- mostly muslim culture even though they aren't necessarily just muslim um you know i read I, I was doing all this research because i i have all these jinn stories from my dad but i was like i need to know like are there factual like what do i what can i work with um i just, just want to make sure sh- <laughs> yeah, I just want to make sure I got it right, you know. Um, and so I was reading stuff about how jinn predate the Abrahamic religions, and there were Jewish jinn, and it's, so I was like, oh, so it's not necessarily just relegated to the Islamic world. It's just these are the entities that live there. Um, however, there are some who believe fairies and the fae are a type of jinn as well. So jinn could be a world a worldwide concept. Well, and one of the things I thought that was interesting that you did is because she's estranged from her culture, she's able to be that outside character for the reader to learn about these things because she didn't learn in these stories growing up other yeah. than hearing these things secondhand or being called these things. And some of these words, like, I looked up to know what they actually meant. Don't do that because you'll get some weird <laughs> like, oh, It's I'm- really... It's really up. hard to look up Urdu words. It is. Well, it is. So it's it's, it's not like if it's in Spanish. It's no. a whole different script, first of all. You know, it's like you're you're doing a whole different script. It's more Arabic derived. You know, so it's really challenging. So I try to when I put Urdu words in, have the meaning inferred or yes. flat out stated because well, it, it's to, not like. like- like how, like, I wanted to know more, like you were very clear what it meant. And then I looked it up and like, yeah. there's a lot on YouTube about people. I'm going to mispronounce that, but Pagal and what that is. Poggle. Like, Poggle. Okay. It's Poggle. all over the place. And it's, and I'm going, I don't think they're using it in the same way that an Amin is using it. You know, it's sort of like, it's sort of like my dad always used the word trail to mean like, kind of skanky looking. Like, oh, it looks like a trail. <laughs> but then I realized it, it was also like witch. It means witch. Oh, oh. So it's like, so there's different, there are these <laughs> older terms that get repurposed. You know, it's just language. Language is fluid. Am I the be all end all expert? No, but like, do I have enough boggles in my family? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. So, like, yeah. Branch, and these people over here. Yeah. Like, set up on the internet. There's Listen. And there's albums named that. I'm like, do they mean it the same way? Because I feel like it's just it so weird. Like, Look it up if you're having fun. I'm like, oh, oh, interesting. I think I'll go back to reading the book now. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? I never knew this. We'll come back to the plot over here. But I did like that you did yeah. that in terms of like, she's just a child when she kind of gets cut off from these things and half of it, it's stuff she's over. Yes. And she doesn't. And, and part of it is that her, her mom, mom is very superstitious as far as we yes. can tell. And also Dunia sleepwalks as a child and as an mm-hmm. adult. And so she's doing these weird, weird, freaky things in her sleep. And her mom is just freaking out. Um, which was based on the fact that I sleepwalk and I was, <laughs> that was going to be my next I, question. I still sleepwalk to oh, this yeah. day. I'm an adult sleepwalker because most people grow out of it in adolescence. I did. Yeah, not I grew out of it, out of it um, in my and early 20s. Like I, that's when I finally I stopped. Still sleepwalk. <laughs> there, are, there are still days I wake up but the lights are on. I'm wearing something different. Okay, or I'll wake up holding beanie. And hmm? I was gonna say, do you do any of the things that Dunya does as far as like well, door and do I have a scary story. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I have a door stopper to, okay. at my bedroom door to really like imp- keep me from getting to the door because yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to go outside. And there's wild animals outside. I literally don't want to go out there in the dark. But there was a. I had a sleepwalking incident that was. Um, I was in a, my apartment was haunted. 
Um, and I don't know if y'all are believers or what. I, oh, yeah. I live in a haunted house. She is. <laughs> I, yeah. So this is literally the same apartment Dunia is in because I've sent all my New Yorkers in this apartment. I don't know why. I just love it. It's and easy. it was mm-hmm. after my mom had died and Beanie kept staring at the blank wall, ears pinned back, freaking out. And I'm looking for bugs. I'm trying to figure out what it is. There's nothing. I literally would have to cover her head to get her to stop because it was like, oh my God, you are freaking me out, right? <laughs> and it was every night, every night for, for like a month she was doing this. And then I would... And when I sleepwalk, I sleepwalk like once a month, maybe. It's not like an every night thing. I was every single night doing what Dunya did. I would wake up in my closet, literally throwing things out of my closet or in my living room, trying to find something that was there that shouldn't be there. It was just this overwhelming feeling. There was something in my apartment and it shouldn't be there. And so for weeks, I'm sitting there thinking, I am going insane. What the hell? So I joked to my friends. I'm like, I have a closet monster. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) what am I supposed to do? And I, so in the fashion world, you, when you go out to dinner with like publicists or whatever, you go to an event, there's always a psychic, a tarot reader, astrologer. I don't know why. It's just fun. I, they, they try to make things more entertaining for the editors, I think. So like <laughs> six months prior, I had gone to dinner with this publicist friend and she had this psychic medium guy. Uh, I can't tell you to this day what he does. He, he, it was energetic feng shui. Okay. I don't know what that means. I don't, I'm not enlightened enough to understand it even though i witnessed him in action okay <laughs> he basically would go into a building and clear out any any dead people right mm-hmm. he calls me up out of the blue as all this is happening and he's like listen you don't remember me we had dinner with so and so six months ago and i'm like no i remember you and he's like my spirit guides are telling me to get into your apartment right now <gasps> and Ooh. i like dropped the phone because i'm like how did he know i didn't post it like that gives me chills so and, uh, i'm like you need to have you over here get all this out yeah and regina said i was like yeah i was like come over let's do this and you know i was like does he want money what he didn't even want money he really was just like i need to get to your apartment and the night before he came i had this dream and i don't know if it made it into the book because i write so many versions of my of my drafts that i i can't remember what makes it in um it, I had this dream where if I go into the bathroom, like shut the door and leave the lights off and take a picture with the flash on in the mirror, I would see who's haunting me behind me. <gasps> oh, I woke up and I, no, because that's how you die in a horror movie. Oh, no, no, you don't want to see what's there. It's going to look like so, a little girl from the ring. <laughs> right. So what was weird was that when he came in, he was like, it's coming through your bathroom. And I was like, oh, the dream. So that was where the kernel for Dunya came from, being haunted and sleepwalking and like weirdness, um, you know, and, and all that stuff. Book because I would have remembered that because that would have been like one of those close the book, walk away moments. I mean, I was reading my computer, sort of like slamming the laptop and running away from my computer. <laughs> uh, but Regina, who does tarot, says, Regina's tarot and, and Wirecraft, did someone say haunted apartment? And she did. And apparently she also says, ooh. <laughs> Regina, I got you. I gotcha. Yeah, I got hauntings. What it was that he did, the the energetic, was there any um, He did a couple of things that were strange. So he would do, um, first of all, he did this thing where he would just, you know, prayers and symbols. And I'm just sitting there Mm -hmm. like with me and Beanie, just kind of like, okay. And um, when he was done, the air really felt lighter. Like he's like, I put up a blockade. You can't come in, but I want to come back and and do some more. And I don't know if you guys ever lived in New York. He used to have Time Warner Cable, right? So whenever the cable would go out, you would get this blue screen. 
right? And that was just, it was just a thing for so long. Um, my cable went out right after he left, only it was the poltergeist snow. And when's the last time you guys saw poltergeist snow on TV? The movie Poltergeist? Uh, during poltergeist. Yeah, that's yeah. probably Great. And I was just like, this is so weird. I mean, this is like 10 years ago. This was not like a lot long ago. Um, he told me there was a message from my deceased mother in my books. And what he would do is he would use your body, like kinesiology, to answer questions. Mm -hmm. So like, it's a, it's a weird, weird thing that they can do where like the way your arm can bend or not bend goes with the truth. So if you're lying, it's a certain, your body's a certain way. Like it's bizarre. I've seen him do it. He did it on me and I could not even grasp it you know and i'm absolutely explaining it poorly but he's like no, There's a message I, on no I am intrigued i want to yeah. see it and so i just i want you guys to see my bookshelf first of all they're not in any look at that mess right no, that's, 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 that's i'm a mess right so it's not like he saw a book and was like oh i know that book i'm gonna stick a message right so mm -hmm. he's using my arm is it on this shelf or that shelf and then okay mm -hmm. is it this book or that book and then thanks the book and it's like a book by camus that i had from university days i hadn't read in decades and he finds the page, he finds it, and he looks at me and he's like, I'm really sorry, but she wants you to, your mom wants you to read this. And I was like, okay. And the line said, mm -hmm. yes, it would be a pleasure to see my mother again. And I think I was just like, that's so strange. Wow. I don't understand how you did that. How did you, like, how? I, to this day, I don't know how. So yeah, this is why I you just have like, to wow. believe in things like that. Because yeah, there's, no, yeah. there's no, there's I'm no a believer. Explain that out. Listen, I'm a believer. I, if you ask anybody in my family about Jin and almost any Pakistani that person I know, I'm not saying all, we're not monolith, but ones I know, absolutely 100% believe in Jin. And they all, everybody has a Jin story. They are just, they're, they're here. They're creatures, they're entities, they're part of our lives. Sometimes part of our families. <laughs> You're like, that one over there. Mm, I'm sorry about that one. Mm. No, but it's, well, I liked some of the stuff that you woke you wove in, and you were mentioning earlier how like the jinn predate Abrahamic religions. So there were certain things where it's like, okay, so there were certain necklaces and things that she had that were given to her. And it's like, oh, but you're not supposed to have that because it's kind of supposed to be maybe sacrilegious. So how those two things like this. Yeah. Synchronous. Yeah. There, there, and you know, that's funny to me because yeah. I always grew up, like my aunt, when she went to Mecca, she bought me, uh, well, basically it was a rosary, but it was evil eye beads. Yeah. But the concept of e using evil eye as, as um, a talisman is uh -huh. called shirk. It's wrong. You're not supposed to do it. But my dad's side of the family is, Suf or was Sufi. He was really not religious at this point, but he, his great, great grandfather um, worked with Shin and they were in the house. And my dad remembers as a child, there was one room in the house that no one could go into because that was the gym's room. And if he went in there, like they would beat the crap out of you, so except for him. So, so he would put all his toys in there. <laughs> he was like, "That's all my toys, yeah." No um, so, Barbies or whatever. Yeah, they my, my little stick and ball because it's nineteen thirties Pakistan, <laughs> India are fine. <laughs> The toys that we have, I don't know. Um, so we, I grew up with these stories. Yeah, I always grew up with these stories. I always grew up like believing in this stuff. But it's really different when you're an adult and you're having an experience. And it's sort of like, I wanted Dunya to be that sort of discombobulated, that sort of 
is this happening? Am I losing my mind? I don't know. Is this real? I don't, I don't, because that's how hauntings are. You know, you're not going to have things flying around unless you're in a really bad place, but you're going to (laughs) have these little moments that are going to make you question your sanity. You know what I mean? Exactly. You handled that really well in that kind of the juxtaposition. That's why I mentioned the two timelines of how she was as a kid. And she thought these things were funny and it was kind of cool. And then as an adult, you're like, holy shit, this is not okay. As as an adult, you're like, don't open the door. Yeah, you're like screaming as you're as you read her t- adult timeline. You will be yelling at her like she's a bad horror movie protagonist because she has no sense of the danger she's in. Um, no, and she's like, you know, all the people keep trying to kill me, like multiple there people. There is that. And she's still like, I guess I'm just going to walk home from work. Yeah, and like, there's at some point, well, like, if you got pushed in front of the subway, you would not want to walk, be on the subway, you know? And getting a cab at, at rush no. hour and in Manhattan, are you kidding me? That's impossible. No. So she would have to walk. But there were times when she, like, people were saying, hey, stay at my place. And she's like, oh, I don't want to put you out. I'm staying at your place. If people are trying to kill me in mine and my doorman is doing a terrible job preventing things from coming upstairs, I am going to someone else's house. Bye, bye, bye. Yes, but what if she went to the wrong person's house? Yeah, and she right. has that problem because she has some trust issues, and rightfully so. She has trust issues, and she has a bad judge of character at this point. She yeah. doesn't know who to trust. Yeah, let's put it that way. Um. Yeah, that's the well, and she gets that's stuff. a nice way to say it. And the way that you handled, like with the the podcast, like we meet certain people, and we're like, oh, they must be okay because they're on the podcast. It's like, well, maybe are they? Are they? they? Um, I did have to laugh at the podcast hosts when you know, uh, Dunia's ex boyfriend comes on the podcast. David, like, oh, I was like, yeah, it's gonna be David, like, is oh, he's so cute. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> like, hmm. They're they were they're not the most um shrewd <laughs> investigators, let's say. Um, but you know, the, it was fun to be able to have Dunya talk about something that happens, and then there's the podcast right after that'll be like, here's what actually happened. <laughs> and yeah. talking to people involved and getting a different perspective, you know. And so that was actually really fun because then you're starting to realize she's an unreliable narrator even if she doesn't mean to be, you know, like she's just seeing things through this very narrow traumatic lens and she can't see a bigger picture, you know? And even like from when she was a child, you know, what she thinks she knows as a child might not necessarily be. And then you meet her sister. Reality. Oh yeah. And then we meet her sister. Oh, her lovely sister. Uh, Sisters, I always say, are the are your first frenemies. I love that like, line. I was like, uh, and and if you're this, see, your aunties you. are your first bullies because let oh. me tell you, they really are. Dude, the the way you wrote one of the aunties, I wanted to pull her aside and just be like, you are the most awful person ever, so and you mean. need to. And I guess the thing is, like. I understand that there's people in your life that you're like, I don't really want to be around them, but it's like family friends, so I guess I have to. But like, it made me so angry when no one's protecting her from just adults well, being awful. Um, but again, she's five, so I don't want to say that that's how adults are. <laughs> but there's definitely there's definitely things I remember of aunties, you know, who would just look like I had. I was I was thinking about this this little girl because I want to maybe put it in my book but she she was like her mom was friends with my mom and 
the girl was like a toddler. She was two or three at the, and you, you know, and we were teenagers and her mom was so horrified by her facial hair that she was bleaching this little girl's face. And I'm just sitting there thinking, yeah, like looks are very, were traditionally very important, you know, looks and learning how to, you know, being really having to be the consummate host at like five, you know, learning to carry the tea tray and pour the tea and do all this, all these things we, we had to do. And if you didn't do them, if you say, we're in high school in the 90s and shaved your head and wore combat boots like some of us. Some of the aunties were like, <laughs> don't be like Amina. Don't be like that. You know, so it was always, oh, it was always a bit of a black sheep, you know, and so I liked my characters to kind of have that, that little estrangement um, because it's, I don't know, it's more true to me, I think, if they're a little bit trying to figure out themselves, as it were. When you had a couple black sheep in your story that were like, hey, we can black sheep this together. Black sheep, together. Black sheep get together. Do, or all the sheep natural. I don't know how sheep genetics work. Do they get cute little black sheep babies? I don't, I don't <laughs> know how oh. sheep is genetics. I don't know. That I don't would be cute. Square, but, but I don't think so. I, yeah. I wish. A little goth sheep running around. That would be cute. Well, and that. Jennifer's face. Yes. Yes. I like goth yeah. sheep. Like, that's well, the only problem with sheep that they're not goth. And. So mm. I know that that Mindy Kaling has she has picked this book. Yes. She's getting this to be a movie, and a, can we help cast it because we have suggestions? I it has not been optioned yet. Um, I'm 100 open to yeah. options. Yeah. Um, so hopefully somebody you know like my dream obviously would be Jordan Peele because I, I'm like obsessed with him. Yeah. Um, not I, I, I just, characters, I don't think. <laughs> that's a director no just like just make the movie i'll be happy i just want to be like take this book i don't just do what you want with it you know um i watch the keen peel stuff and then i watch his movies and i go how is this coming out of the same person the same way i can that foxtrot is my favorite dance but also i write dark creepy things seriously i'm just like you know i've had i had this radio lady the other day who told me i was very bubbly and not at all as scary as she thought i was going to be so you no, I think that we get all of this out in books and writing and screenplays so that, you know, there's room for other stuff. I, I love we contain it. multitudes. We're very deep. Who would you cast as some of these characters? Because I, I have suggestions. No, that's, that's challenging because there's not, in the mainstream, there's not as many um, desi actors here. Mm-hmm. So we I... We need what? <laughs> We need more, and I like them. So <laughs> we need more. We need more. Like, um, um, you know, like more. So I think that the main character would have to be somebody that the broader audience didn't know. Um, That's actually good because I can't because you like those, and it's the introducing, and yeah. then you make the person's career. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then like there's other like like Kendra um, and Liz Small. They can they they are be much easier to cast. I just mm-hmm. find that. We don't have, I mean, we do have more in the mainstream now because of Mindy, you know, and that's something that I'm I'm obsessed with because like growing up, there were no Pakistani or Indian people on TV. No, Like short circuit, the guy was white and brown face, you know, same with the Simpsons. So every time we would see a Desi on TV, we literally would point and shout Desi. And we still do that. We still, even though, even though we're everywhere now, we're all over the place now, but I, we still do that because it was just, it was such a rarity that I would see someone who looked like me on TV. Yeah. So it's like, oh, 
I don't know. I have no idea who I would cast. I have no idea. I'm open. See, I'm, I'm director, producer. Call Amina, please. Now, but I'm I'm obsessed with Rahul Kohli, so he can be uh, as a hero. Oh, I love him. I love him. Him him as a beer. He would be good as a beer. He absolutely would. Yeah, I love him. him And he's really funny. He's awesome. He's really funny. He's totally a cutie pie, and like I loved him in I Zombie. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 really solid. Um, I so Zabir was the character that I wrote. To explain what gin are to yeah. white people, without having to be like, yeah, yeah, he's a professor, mm-hmm. and he happens to know Dinya, and you're you're kind of like, why is he here at this moment? Like, there's some sketchy ties to him. Yeah, they're like, I'm not uh, sure my husband husband guy. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it, in our culture, like honestly, if my brother-in-law's cousin is in town i'm gonna take him to dinner you know like it's family you do you just you're always out with family and doing stuff right my brother-in-law would never make me but still um <laughs> so the beer originally was just to serve that purpose but then he grew on me you know and i was like, like oh, I really oh like he's kind of cute in my head well in my head i did see a rule he you he's like the only one i had cast and uh, like put some glasses on the guy you know get his grape peppery hair perfect perfect no, he's perfect. Yeah, he would be amazing. I think he, I mean, also, I just, I, I'm here for more dances. Like, I'm here for it. Let's, no, bring, let's, bring him on. And I like the idea of, a, yeah. of an unknown to be like, this is introducing. Um, and Nadia, yeah. we can, we can, I have some ideas about Nadia as far as women who can pull like the, I'm the sister and I'm not necessarily your friend. Yeah. <laughs> who have that energy. And I won't name names, but there's some <laughs> who do that. I'm just saying. We, we can whisper it later. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. My sis, my sister, who is a pharmacist and who lives oh. in Fort Worth. <laughs> oh. read this. Um, but I, I was very clear. Her name's Aisha. And I said, Aisha auntie is not you. I was like, Nadia is oh. you. I was like, just so in case you is were wondering. Is that better or worse, though? Because then like, I think it's better. Because okay. I think sisters are complicated. They are. Um, and, you know, there I, is, wrote, I wrote my sister in. There's one character, though. There's one character. Um the Jamal character, who is Aishanti's mm-hmm. son. Yeah. Um, no. He's based he's on my shitty cousin, Jamal. And I want Jamal <laughs> to know that I based this character on him. I want him to know that I, I, I killed a character based on him because I don't like him. And I hope he knows that. I love is, that. Is he still that awful? Should have behaved. Did he yes. grow out of that? Is he kind of like... Oh, I don't know. He's dead to me. But he's not actually dead, though, is he? <laughs> You're like, no, oh I couldn't God, actually yeah. kill him. <laughs> I don't want to go to jail. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Huh. But I have no problem like putting people in, being like, and then I murdered them, and it was great. <laughs> Too bad about what happened to you. It's well, fiction. Don't be shitty to people. It's like, yeah, seriously. Oh, what are my author friends like? She was joking. She, if you're not nice, I'll kill you in the next book. And then a bunch of us volunteered. I'd like to die a horrible death in your book. What you got? And then she's like, "This was not how yeah. it was supposed to go." I mean, I always, I always like tell people or ask them. Like my sister-in-law, her name is Star. So in in Kismet, one of the main characters named Star, and I'm like, can I borrow your name? I was like, it's not you, but the name Star is just, it's in my head, and I can't get, like, I need the name. She's totally into it, so okay. it's like. 
Yeah, no, I, haven't, totally I haven't told my kid's pediatrician that her name shows up in a lot of my books, but I just like the name and it's fine. It's not her full name. It's yeah. Name Sometimes like it's it. a name that just, it's just the, the, the musicality of it, the, like, like just hearing that name. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. Yeah. And then people in your life are like, oh, so that's me? Like, it's like, no, it's not you. It just, it's your but name. like sometimes you'll pull mannerisms. It is. You know, yeah. you'll pull you'll you'll pull how someone speaks or something else and use that. So it's like okay, I yeah. you know, writers, we we kind of we're a little parasitical. We kind of steal yes. from what you yes. guys and we, you know, we yeah. And if they like it, like yeah. I know one of one of the people I know in my real life showed up in one of my books, and she's like, I really like this character, and she should have a bigger part in the next book. <laughs> I'm like you were, just, you were a throwaway character. Noted. I'm sorry, but I'm glad you were with you. <laughs> Yeah, like thank you. I'll uh, I'll keep that in mind. Sorry, <laughs> it really makes sense to bring it back. But I'm glad you enjoyed being in my book. <laughs> so, was it crazy for you to see Mindy Kaling on yes. her Instagram talking yeah. about your book yeah. and like? I think my like, first the first thing I said was, "Oh my god!" No, first thing I said was, "Oh my god!" She said my name right. Like, <laughs> I was not expecting that. I, you know, I, it's a very surreal thing because as you guys know, you sit in your room and you write and it's a very isolating experience. And this is like a book that there were tangents and it went into weird places and I had to pull it back a little bit, you know? So I was like, this is such a weird book. Why would Mindy want this? It's just so weird. And she wanted it. And I was like, So I'm like, this is a prank, whatever. I'm not convinced this isn't some weird prank you all are playing on me, but it's fine. It's awesome. Like somebody spent I really a lot just of money wanna... on a cameo for you. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And I just want to go hang out with Mindy and in her closet. I just want to like see her shoes and her clothes. Is that weird? Yes. <laughs> No, That's all I want. I, do, like, like, I totally understand, like, wanting to see the shoes that you are not. Like, I am a former fashion girl. Yeah. Like, I started at Vogue in 1999 because I'm an old lady. I was um, and the junior high program for you? Yeah, she work? was 10. <laughs> I do. So I'm really skincare. obsessed with skincare, guys. And I'm happy to talk about my skincare obsession. Um, but... I literally was straight out of uh, university at NYU. I was still wearing combat boots. Like, <laughs> like Vogue was my finishing school. Wait, how long yeah, was I, My hair was still... Okay. Huh? So you shaved it? When? How old were you when you shaved I, when, it? I, 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 I shaved it. I turned... I, I wanted to have Dolores or Jordan's haircut from the cranberries. <laughs> cranberries! So, uh, that's what, that was my reference. So at 17, I did that. <laughs> and I made a white friend come home with me because I did it after school, this lot, mm -hmm. because I was like, my mom is going to yell and she won't yell with a white person around. Oh, that was <laughs> so you live with us now. <laughs> and my mom literally <laughs> lost her mind. They like pulling on it and like, it's a wig. And I'm like, nope. And it happened to be my dad's birthday. And I was, I was disinvited from Red Lobster that night, let's just say. Um, but then like, I didn't get to go. But then my mom realized how much she loved it and she would start to shave my head for me so it morphed into like spikes mm -hmm. and she would bleach it and dye it red for me like I think she had this thing where she was not allowed to cut her hair like it's uh, culturally oh. she was not allowed and she had to do her you know live go from her dad's house to my dad's house essentially With and no so now she has this child and you're like a dog whatever the heck she wants <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, it was also more like I got to break sort of generational trauma by doing whatever the heck I wanted 
And she might not have loved it, but at the same time, she's, she became supportive of it. So I thought that was, it was really fun. I love um, like she would probably make me cut my hair off again because she thinks it's hilarious. But She wants to just keep petting your head. You're like, Ooh. And it is yes. such like the really shaved head or like right after my kids get haircuts, I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to just keep petting Oh, your yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my middle has like- But a- so when I was at Vogue, I still kind of had that spiked do. Yeah. I think you're 1999. Um, but then I was trying to grow it out. And let me tell you, the grow out was painful. Grow learning to wear heels, painful. Um, trying to make a living at Vogue where I weighed, I, I earned 23000 a year living in Manhattan, mm-hmm. mind you. And you lived it. And yeah. How many rooms? And you have to, I had only one. And you have to wear- the clothes right. and I was like I <laughs> I'm sure yeah okay here's the thing with Devil Wears Prada I was the second in command's assistant when the author of Devil Wears Prada was Anna's assistant so we overlapped um and my mom would always ask are they really like that and I was like mom no they're so much meaner in real life like I <laughs> like in Fashion Victim my first book I literally have people throwing shoes at various heads that happened to me I had an editor who would literally like hurl Manolos across the room and you would have to duck so it wouldn't like go in your eye. That's um, awful. So yeah, they were much nicer in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Meryl Streep can't play that evil. No. I mean, she could. She could she play could. anything. But yeah. She could, but they probably told her to dial it back so it wouldn't be like this. Well, is I think it, it wouldn't be realistic, you know, yeah, but I think that the, the, my, my fashion friends who read Fashion Victim were like, where's the satire? This is this is just how it is. It's true crime. It's, it's true crime. Yeah. It was true crime with basically everything but the murders were real. And so people were like, oh, it's such great satire. And I was like, right. Maybe that was my work life. Yeah, satire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just smile. Sure. Don't don't challenge mm. them on that. that then they'll have trauma. No. Too. You don't want to unpack that with yeah. them. Yeah. It's not worth it. So, so you were at Vogue during, oh, so when they were still in Times Square? I am the one who helped move them from 350 Madison to four Times Square. Oh. I was the move coordinator for Vogue. Oh, and at one point, that job. I'm, oh. I'm walking oh. around and lighting some of the, the, the editor's cigarettes for them because that's what we did in 1999. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yes. And now they are down by the World Trade Center, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, my husband and I performed at four, uh, Times Square at, at the former Vogue offices for like some gala a bunch of years ago. Now I feel old. I was, I was going to say, Amina, do you remember that? Were you there? No, the, Vogue had already moved down to yeah. the World Trade Like My friend works in that building now and it's, it's, it's just offices. And I'm like, can I come and have a trauma response in your office? <laughs> can I... <laughs> Can I just like run around and cry and throw shoes? Because I, you know, because you can do that now. Bring the guy who cleaned your apartment from the bad energy, right? You and work through that shit and be able to be like, have him throw shoes and hit them with your body to see what it means. Listen, I put it all in my books, man. That's that's where it all goes. Do with our trauma. There's no help. It's fodder. It's fodder. (laughs) That's what I I mean. Can you imagine how boring the books would be if you had a normal a normal life? No. I don't know. I don't understand what normal life is. <laughs> That's why I'm like, what I don't know anyone mean? who has it. No. Well, you know, I, if if I can make my readers laugh and also be kind of grossed out at the same time, then I'm, score. Yeah. Score. That's I know. Like, I like, 
I always tell people, I'm like, I want you to be scared while reading my book, but also really sad. I want it to be both. <laughs> That is what you oh, do. Oh, I want you to be laughing while someone's being killed. And then you're like, oh, why am I laughing at this? And then, yeah. yeah. If you don't feel like a bad person for enjoying my book, then I did it wrong. <laughs> Especially the first one. Because <laughs> the first one, you end up, I mean, she's a serial killer. You're in her head, you know, from the get-go. And, that, and, and it's really like, do you root for her or do you root for the other people? But the other people are so much worse, you know, that you're yeah, kind no, of you like. Yeah, no, you definitely root mm. for the serial killer. <laughs> Especially yeah. if other people are worse. It's the whole, like, you know, can we weigh all these things? And this one, I least relate. Listen, am- ambitious women can be dangerous. <laughs> and is this fashion victim? Because I actually have that book, but yeah. I didn't read it yet. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It is, um, I call it, uh, pardon my language, batshit, my batshit crazy book. Um, I got, you know, I was, I had just gotten laid off from Elle, and it was a little bit public, and that I had tweeted layoffs hashtag whatever and it went viral within the fashion world enough that people were writing about it and I'm like why are y'all writing about me I just got laid off Uh, like leave me alone and my mom had died so I was really at this moment of like not leaving my house and I was having a hard time finding a job because I didn't realize I'd aged out you know it used to be you get into the fashion industry you can work and you can work and you can work and then you move into like doing you know, other uh, consulting with it or whatever. And now it's like you hit 35, you're too expensive, get out. You know, they can hire a 21 year old straight out of university. They don't need you because I've already set up all the systems. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I started at styles.com in like 2003, there was no such thing as people sending JPEGs for stories. I would literally have to drive around with security in an armed car and go to Cartier and Tiffany's and everywhere and get the jewelry and shoot it. Because they let people you touch didn't really it? do then. Oh yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I, I I've had breakfast at Tiffany's several times. <gasps> Actual breakfast. What do you eat at Tiffany's? It's Tiffany? been so much fun. <laughs> Whatever they give me. Croissants, <laughs> cronuts. They do lots of caviar stuff. Um my sister is the benefactor of all the, the Tiffany jewelry I would get, and I'd be like, oh, this is more you. Here you go. Yeah. Uh so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, See, now I just want to go through your closet. <laughs> I have some fun things. I have some fun jewelry. Um, you know, I my, I always had a way of getting through is that I would wear all black. This is my cheating way of getting through fashion, guys. You wear all black and you have a bold accessory of some sort. I don't care if it's a bag. I don't care if it's glasses. I don't care if it's jewelry. I don't care if it's all of the above, great shoes, because no one's going to remember your outfit. They're going to remember that really cool ring. So that's basically my cheap... I don't have a trust fund way of getting through fashion. Now the question is, so you're wearing glasses right now. Are they prescription or is that just your bold fashion? Oh, yeah. bold? Okay. Cause no, I'm no, no, it's I, both. Yeah. No. And okay. I, I, wear mine I, and I, I had the laser surgery in 90, 94, 95 in Mexico because I grew up on the border of Juarez and El Paso okay. and it was an American doctor to work. What I didn't realize is that after about 15 years, it can either wear off or you develop an astigmatism. So now I have an astigmatism. Now you got astigmatism. Um, but these glasses are from this, now this is really, really important, you guys. It's from this site called Crew, K-R-E-W-E. They are crazy expensive, right? We're talking three, $400. Every so often they have a ridiculous sale where stuff's a hundred bucks or less. And you don't, they're not lensed up. You can just get the frames and you can lens them yourself. Um, so you have to get on their mailing list. And then you'll get the email that the sale's going to start. And I, these frames are 100 bucks. 
Yeah, that's that's nice to be able to do that because like yeah. I cut mine off, yeah. so I'm like, yeah, I can't actually see through these anymore. So I guess I need, I guess yeah. I need new ones. And you know who does really good ones, which I was surprised by, is, is uh, of all the online ones, Zenny is has some of the better quality. Because I'm, um, be I'm like, oh, I'll try it. Zenny's like, it's like, you know, it doesn't it doesn't have that weird white line that some glasses have. I hate that. I hate that line. This well, and after. <laughs> Like I only wear makeup when we're doing our show, and then afterwards, I literally get the the foundation mm -hmm. in my glasses. Oh, mine's and covered. Like, mine's covered. It. Yeah, like everything. I always get mascara all over mine. <laughs> I did yeah. inside. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. and then I'm like, am I having a stroke? What's happening here? And then I'm like, oh, I got mascara all well, over. This is also why Jennifer awesome. won't wear yeah. hers during, but hers is also the ring light reflects back, and then, and then she I gets look like an alien. Islands. Yeah, you like, have to have the ring light with glasses slightly. Not like not dead center. You have to have it kind of to the side. I've learned just so that you don't get the circles in your eye. I mean, you can still see the circle right, right there. There it is. But I don't yeah. see it the way like I do. Right there, there we go. There you have. To, you have to like look at it. Like yeah, <gasps> yeah. And then you're like raccoon I'm getting hit by <laughs> or the javelina. I don't know if maybe the javelinas do it too. And they're like, we heard you had snacks. Oh, they, so they, are the they literally come running to me. Book. They were in Kismet. Oh, okay. Uh, they, I don't remember if if it got killed or not. But that was before the Havelinas and I became friends. Now I really like them. Now um, you're like I'm Well, I, I, I. It's sort of like when you put birdseed out and you have squirrels and you're trying to fight the squirrels. They're my squirrels. Okay, mm -hmm. they. Well, I would put him on the birdseed on these trays because I didn't want to have a, a contraption that any animal might get stuck in because we have you Ooh. know all kinds of critters. So I was like, I don't want to deal with that. Um, so I just put these birds in on the trays and, you know, we have so many birds here and the Havelinas would come and smash the trays. <laughs> it was like, oh my God. So I just, I gave up fighting them. You know, I'm like, listen, you want the bird seed? Go for it. Go okay. for it. But you now might... they see me and they run up to me and they're just like, hey, you're like bird seed lady, hi. And I'm just like, and I'm like, hi, are you going to kill me? Okay, let's go. I'll give you more. Okay, so you mentioned earlier you you have some sensitivities to smells. What do the javelinas smell yes. like to you? Do they have a smell that you're bothered? Like skunk. Like okay. skunk. So uh -oh. the 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 peccaries, same same animal. When I was down in Brazil, Stinky. they smelled smell they smelled to me like Spanish olives. That's what they smelled like. So I'm like, oh. does anybody else no, know that? Or I'm hallucinating. It's it's like really Ooh. strong. You're like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> They're strong. I, it's it's they are pungent. They are very <laughs> Pungent well, animals. Not um, like they're not releasing a scent. They just think. Just no, think. that's just their smell. That's just their smell. That's how they are. Um, you know, like we we definitely. I don't think we even have skunks around here. We have foxes. Sometimes you can catch at night, and we have javelinas. So that whenever I smell that, I'm like, I don't know who that is. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a demon. I mean, <laughs> listen. That could be useful. <laughs> That's the next book. Come on in for coffee. Let's let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Amina, you've been amazing. Thank oh, you. You've been amazing. So much fun. Um, can you tell us anything about the book you're working on now before we go? Sure. Um, I tentatively have called it Bad Dizzy, but I'm not sure if it, that's going to stick. We'll see. I like that. It's, I like um, it. it. Yeah. It, it takes on the whole wedding culture that we have that is really <gasps> insane. And, you know, I've been told I need to get married since I was a toddler, you know. And oh, clearly. Yeah, 
it did not stick with me. You know? <laughs> I was like, so it's really, so it's a woman who goes home for a family wedding and like, um, she realizes someone's killing the grooms and the eligible men. And oh. she realizes that it might be linked to similar murders that happened in the nineties. That was including her cousin who were also killed, but because those were women, the local police chalked it up to honor killings and didn't oh. actually pursue it. So the main character is trying to, because in the nineties, honor killing was like, you know, the key phrase at time and Newsweek and everybody would say, and you're like, oh, God, nobody does that. Yeah. So it is, there's a lot of poking fun of that, but it's also poking fun at cultural, like you must get married, but then also like looking at marriage in different ways, you know, like different types of marriages in within our culture, you know, like LGBTQ marriage or, or biracial marriages or, you know, arranged marriages. And like, you know, she's kind of working through her own issues through it while trying to solve these murders. Very cool. I love it. I, lo- I love anything that's like toxic wedding culture, though. I love it. I was gonna say, I'm like, I can, I can, I, I'm sure you probably already I'm have a wedding person, but I have, I have a bunch of Desi rom coms that I've read that probably touch on some of this stuff. I'm like, yes. um, I'll throw these your way. I'm like, uh, you know, uh, I kind of initially mm-hmm. was like, let me, let me kind of flip these rom coms, right? Mm-hmm. But then it was like, mm, let's just die. Go in. <laughs> Yeah, there's murder. There's murder. Yeah. And, you know, it, but it's also like poking fun at how, um, what an outsider she felt like as, because one of the things I've talked about a lot to, to people with this book is people don't realize that, you know, my age and maybe give or take 10 years at most, right? We were the first desi kids born here. Yeah. Um, and we were the first ones people ever encountered. And it mm-hmm. was such a bizarre isolating experience so we're gonna have chapters in the 90s where she's trying to navigate that you know and where people are just like off their rockers rude and racist because that's how people were and you know being like do you speak english and she's like bro i was born here what are you talking about you know i've been in your class i really want to get into that you know yeah like every teacher being like maybe you need to go to esl and i was like no I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I really want to like dive into that. And, and being that, you know, I guess it's like, you're not for sure if you're second generation, but you know, you're the first set of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and like trying, you know, the whole immigrant experience of sorts without necessarily, I feel like you have to walk a, a, a fine line when you're kind of poking fun at different cultures because you don't want to give racists ammunition yeah, to you know, hate on your culture more. more yeah. It's got to be a, you've got to walk the line properly where it's like, you can poke fun enough that if your aunties are laughing at it, then you're good. You know, if you, if, if your aunties are calling you up and being like, why did you write this? Then you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have a talk. And you're like, I'm sorry. Mm, static yeah. and poltergeist. Yeah. Just be like, I live in the mountains. The phone's coming out. <laughs> exactly. Oh, phone. I can't hear you. Havelina's got to go. It's not the phone. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, I won't be able to handle calls today because the javelina's ate the phone. Yeah, it's like the Sorry. new code word. For like we gotta get out of here. Oh, we're having a javelina yeah. problem. Javelinas. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> On the javelina note. On the javelina note. Um, we're excited about the next book. Uh, we would love to have you Yay. back. And congratulations! I'd on love everything. it. Thank uh, you. You'll probably be getting a call from a producer any day now, I would think. (laughs) 
ring. No, just kidding. Ring, damn it. <laughs> hey, guys, it'll happen. It'll happen. I find that with, you know, with TV and option movie stuff, it's you got to find the right people at the right time. And, yeah. you know, with the strike, so much stuff had kind of piled up. So I'm just sort of being patient and chilling and, you know, seeing, seeing what happens. Fingers yeah. crossed. Uh, next week, we are going live on Tuesday. Is that right, Allison? Yes, we're going live on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes. With, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna botch their name because the the narrator has been saying it, Hiran Ennis, and I've been saying it in my head, Hiran Ennis. So we're gonna ask. I've been saying author. it, Hiran. I don't know. I'm gonna Hiran or Hiran Ennis. <laughs> Leech next Tuesday. So I've now re-listened to it twice, and I'm like bring it on the leech and i apologize jennifer for all the eyeball stuff i forgot how prominent yeah, that was. was a lot that Sorry. was triggering oh are we not in we can't do eyeballs jen cannot do eyeballs i'm not wild about them but this book yeah. is prominently eyeballs I mean, so if you want some eyeball horror read leech. yeah but i'm, I'm slowly getting better with the eyeball stuff how are you with crabs still scared <laughs> Cra <laughs> crabs with the eyeballs no just separate no, yeah, two separate, separate. No, but then the but list also, of little pinchy like pinchy in the eyes pinchy in the eyes no don't enjoy peelers them. peelers oh. mm. all right i'll stop traumatizing you bye <laughs> jennifer's freaking out yeah like, i'm not gonna throw shoes now thank you <laughs> bye everybody bye everyone